Everyone, this is Mel. This is Allie. And this is Get, Get Hype! Hype. Excited because we this sound is... like shock jockeys. We sound like <laughs> early morning DJs. I think we do need to get a soundboard. We're so excited. It's not a bad idea. This is episode two. Episode two. We did it. But technically, that was kind of episode zero. This is kind of episode one. This week, it won't be either of us pitching. Nope. It will be James D'Amato. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, heroes. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, guys. Of course. It's quite easy. You were sitting on the couch. You were right here. <laughs> I was. So convenient. So like 90% of the people listening to this already know who you are. But, but some of them don't. small percentage. <laughs> some of them for don't. That, for that 1% to 10% of people who might be listening listening to our faces who like us and haven't heard of you before or at least don't know what you're doing would you mind telling us what you're up to of course um i am a professional game master i play role-playing games through my podcast one shot with different actors improvisers and other notable nerds about once every month we feature a new role-playing game with a new cast of players that usually plays out in a series of three to five episodes that get played over the course of the month every week so I do that. I also star on the campaign podcast as uh, one of the characters that we have there. That's another role-playing actual play show. And I run the One Shot Network, which does a lot of streams and other podcasts uh, that I invite people to check out at oneshotpodcast.com. How many Dope. podcasts are there now? I lost count. I think like six or seven. Okay. Um, like on the separate network. podcasts on the network? Yeah, yeah. Um, because there is One Shot campaign adventure and neo scum and then we have talking tabletop backstory, backstory. and modifier mm-hmm. so uh that's that's clocking in at seven though we should be adding very soon tales from thetis mm-hmm. uh which is going that to is be recording right now isn't yeah it? that's that's an actual play program that is done in the dragon age role-playing game oh, cool. um, and the premise of that one is rather than being like epic sweeping quests and things like that it is more uh, small interpersonal stories that would pop up in that world so i'm really interested in that sort of like a series of different character vignettes which is going to be very cool i'm excited to hear it james how long have you been podcasting and gaming so podcasting i've been doing about five six years and for gaming it's been well over a decade now I, i started playing my freshman year of college and it's just been a hobby that has stuck with me you know through the rest of my life mm-hmm. uh, after that point and uh, they sort of came together in one shot which i started doing about four years ago cool it's an impressive body of work it really is there's a lot there mm-hmm. and people love you yeah people there's so do many... love me oh, yeah boy, there's something very lovable no but there is boy. yeah there's a thing there like there's something about there's something boy. about me uh, yeah People just people just respond Insert comment to it about charisma mm. score. So let's talk about the whole point of this podcast. Yeah. So Mel and I started this podcast to get to know what makes people excited. Everybody's got something mm. that when they get a chance to talk about it, they light up. They light up. They come alive. They're bursting with excitement. Um, they want to share it with people. They're driven to share it with people. Mm-hmm. And that's fascinating to both of us. And we are interested to know more about other people and what makes them excited and what drives them. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also excited to get hype about it ourselves. Everybody's got a passion. Everybody's 
doing something creative and I'm excited to hear about that, but honestly, it doesn't have to be a yeah. complete passion. There's it, always a time and a place to talk about that, but you're not always in love with a TV show that you're just excited about in the moment. So. It could just be flavor of the week stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I want to hear what people are passionate about, but I also just want to hear the dumb show that you're like really into right now. So yeah. whatever you want to pitch is up to you. What have you come to us with today? Yeah, what are you hype about, James? Uh, so something that I'm hype about that I haven't got a chance to talk about in a lot of different mm. places, because normally I'm talking about analog games, mm-hmm. either a board game or a role-playing game. And I do get to talk about video games like a little bit, but I have video game experiences that are mostly private game experiences. They're things that I haven't streamed mainly because I haven't uh, bothered to look up how to stream them yet. Um <laughs> But they're browser games. I am really into browser games. I sort of grew up, you know, I was in middle school when Newgrounds was like a huge thing. And for those who are younger folks in our audience or or weren't really into like flash animation and stuff uh, when they were younger, Newgrounds was a platform for people who were adept with flash the program uh, who made video games and animations for people to enjoy like Mm -hmm. all across the internet. And a lot of early like meme culture and a lot of the inside jokes that we have on the internet today. So many inside jokes. Sort of evolved out of the something awful forums and uh, Newgrounds as a platform. So I got really into browser games and browser games are exactly what they sound like. They are video games that you play in your browser window for your computer. And browser games are important to me for a couple of reasons. Recently, I have gotten the opportunity to step away from my day job Mm -hmm. but yeah congrats thank you very much but but for many years like i was stuck at a day job that was kind of boring and there would be lots of downtime where you know you can't do too much uh but you can like have some mindless video game playing in the background Mm -hmm. somewhere you know that you can invest your your time and and attention into and also when i'm editing podcast episodes It is really easy to get too deep into editing a podcast, uh, something that I think you two are are probably just about to discover, Um, uh, where you can get obsessed with with minor audio problems, uh, Mm -hmm. things that will take you, you know, several long minutes to fix uh, Mm -hmm. that you could just as easily ignore. And to avoid the time sinks that sort of show up in a podcast, I will play a browser game while I'm editing so that if something happens in the audio that distracts me as a listener who's like also sort of half focused on another thing that I go, oh, man, that sucks. I got to fix that. I then you know stop the game and I move back over to the podcast and edit it. But it's a minor thing that I don't really notice. I let it go. That's a really good idea. Um, it is, yeah. It, I mean, what a great excuse for me to play a game while I'm editing <laughs> a podcast. Uh, but it's like really smart. <laughs> I don't I, know if I could do it. I can't like listen to more than one thing smart. at a time. I, I am. I, I have attention deficit disorder, and I, I think that might play into it a little bit. It sort of prevents me from engaging my fuller hyper focus. It is essentially like a mental fidget cube mm-hmm. that I have in yeah. these browser games. But for that reason, browser games are kind of important to me and like something that I focus my attention on. And there is a particular sort of browser game, and I will preface this to any game devs in my audience uh, who might know more about this than me. I, uh, please, please speak up on this because I haven't heavily researched it. Uh, there's something that I call the .io browser game. 
There are a series of browser games, and I don't know where they started, that are massively multiplayer. Mm. And they engage like very simple mechanics and very simple game premises. And the big thing that they do is you are playing with thousands of people across the internet in a very seamless experience, something that you would have normally as a a private experience. And the one that I want to start talking to you guys about is called Agario. And that's A-G-A-R dot I-O. And Agario, I I think, uh, was originally designed as, I I call it a big fish simulator. It's the type of game where you are a thing and you eat smaller things to become a bigger thing and you try to avoid bigger things that can eat you. In Agario, they are really playing off of cells and like uh, single-celled organisms and whatnot. Uh, You are basically a dot. And the world is populated by randomly spawning smaller dots. Oh, and the, are those other people? It, well, the the smaller dots are things that you can eat. Okay. Like mm, it, you just okay. you uh, wash over it with your body, and you absorb those, and you get slowly bigger. But there are other dots who are other people, mm. and if someone is larger than you by enough, they can absorb you, oh. and you die. Um, But if you're larger than somebody else, you can absorb them. And if you guys happen to be too close to each other in like size, you will just harmlessly pass over each other. The other bit of the mechanic is when you press your space bar, like normally you're navigating around by moving your mouse. But Mm -hmm. when you press your space bar, your cell can divide. Dividing is like not a great thing generally because it splits you into two equal balls, Mm. uh, which means you're just half your size moving around in different things but you shoot a little bit of yourself out in front of you normally larger cells are slower than small cells mm, so okay. uh, like so for speed's sake exactly it's you can eat things that are smaller than you but normally they're going to outrun you if right. you divide you'll be able to glob them to grab and em. grab them oh. and grow really quickly and the larger you are when you divide, the more time it takes for you to slowly meld back together into being a big dot. And that's sort of the whole game. Like there are other mechanical things like there are these green circles in the game that uh, the game calls viruses. And if you are a small dot and you're smaller than those green circles, then you can go inside them harmlessly and no one can hurt you. If you are a large dot and you touch one of them, you will split up into like 20 different pieces. Oh, dang. So, And then the bigger you are, the longer it takes to get back together. Exactly. And like if you, you go from being this huge, terrifying threat that nobody really wants to get near to, you touch that and suddenly thousands of everybody just descends on you and like you've got a bunch of other large dots that spawn out of your body and you know maybe you can escape with a couple dots but it is a really cool and intense multiplayer experience absolutely that is using very very simple mechanics things that you don't have to pay too much attention to but there is strategy and timing involved and you can get really really competitive with it and agario is is really just one example of these dot io games where I think it is a lot of different designers iterating on very similar premises. Uh, Another one that I really like is called Slither.io. And Slither is uh, sort of playing off of Snake. You are a snake, 
and there are small dots that you can eat and that will make you a bigger snake. Unlike Snake, where the object of the game is to not touch your own body, Mm -hmm. there are thousands of other people being thousands of other snakes, and you are trying not to touch their bodies. However, if you get somebody else to touch your body, they will, poof, disappear into a big pile of dots, and you can eat those dots and become... Like a gigantic world-eating snake. <laughs> oh my god! Um, that is still like trying to avoid all the smaller snakes. Um, and if you press your space bar, uh, you get a speed boost, but you slowly lose mass. Like you'll leave a poop trail behind yourself, <laughs> and like smaller snakes can like eat your poop and gain power, or they can like you know cut you off and you'll turn into a big pile of dots right oh man um and like again it's a very simple game but Mm -hmm. it's also like really intense and like a really cool experience and there are a lot of different io games that have like you know gone off really heavily on these different premises one of my favorites is called war in space which there is a red team and a blue team and you start off as little ships that can collect scrap and if you collect enough scrap you can upgrade your ship and there are three trees of different upgrades that you can do for each different class there are three starting classes so you have something like 30 different possible end ships that you can be and they're all really interesting and really cool and it's a team-based game there's a red team and a blue team and your job is to destroy the other team's base um so the team makeup becomes very important. Um, you know, which ships are where become very important. And there are a bunch of different strategies that you can take, but everybody's sort of trying their own thing and there's not too much player communication. So you sort of have to read the lay of the land and go, okay, do people need me to be a sniper right Interesting. now? Um, and you can't switch ships once oh. you've uh, selected oh. a path. So like you go down a path and go, okay, I guess I could be a sniper or I could sacrifice some of my sniping ability and be a turret sniper and build turrets that snipe for me and you sort of decide all of that in the moment and it's just a fascinating series of games that have like varying levels of mechanics but all run at least in my experience very smoothly Hmm. um like again it's, it's a massively multiplayer experience which i think is usually disruptive yeah and the way that i think of mmos i i describe pretty much all mmos are like video games but worse I don't like the genre that much because uh, usually it depends pretty heavily on grinding and the things that you can do graphically in a world are always less impressive than you can do on a private video game. And your experience is so heavily dependent on other people playing. So that last one, you said limited communication. Is there any communication? Is there like a chat or is there so a So there's verbal? a Discord server that you can join oh. if you want. If you're really into war and space, you can join a Discord server mm-hmm. and get on teams with people oh. if you like. But for the most part, I, I sort of do it privately because, you know, I think the greater degree that your game depends on communication, the greater risk you have to have mm. like a bunch of 14-year-old Nazis shouting at you. And it's like, <laughs> that's not what appeals to me in video games. So I sort of yeah, cut right. that out of the experience. Yeah. Um, and like MMOs, again, they're so heavily dependent on factors in video gaming that I just, oh God, it would be so great if people were cool. Mm. And yep. like, if it wasn't, unsatisfying mechanics like i look at things like sword art online and dot hack sign and go man it would be really cool to have an mmo and then works like that and then i see the world and it's like oh no people are garbage and like that that, those games would just be 
a we don't lot deserve of that. Loud, horrible people <laughs> shouting about racism. Yeah, we we don't deserve that. But like .io is the first time. Like these are small mm-hmm. gaming experiences that they're hop in, hop out, and the the feeling that you get from them like is, is very uh, temporary and intense. Like. You know, a good game of Agario, if you're playing a good long game of Agario, it's probably only five minutes long. Oh, wow. Um, is, is your run. And the same same with Slither. War in Space, I think the full experience is like 15 to 20 minutes. But a little still, more of an investment. Yeah, it's something, it's something that you can play and like walk away from easily and doesn't need to demand all of your attention. And you don't have to deal with the stress that I normally think you find in MMOs. Mm. And because they are flash games, they look good. Yeah. They're they're not disappointing in the way they look and act. I know some people are going to have the question, like even though it's a browser non-native program, do Mm. you feel that it could tax any computers in running it? Would it be affected by internet connection? Internet connection is probably a factor, and it depends on which game you're playing. There have been a couple times that I have experienced lag. It's usually when there's a problem with our router. If you have a connection that's like 10 megabytes per second, you might have some problems. Yeah, I think like, we're running at like 50. We're so running we're, at 50. We're doing pretty good. Um, at work, when I was doing it, that connection's like about 100. So like, if you have mm-hmm. good internet, you mm-hmm. probably will not have a problem. If your internet's bad, you might need to like set up a private server or something like that. But mm-hmm. it's... Generally speaking, not a heavy load on your system, and pretty much all of these games have graphic settings too. Like, oh, even cool. though there's not much to the graphics, like you can go, do I want high quality it. circles or slightly or lower you want quality square circles? Square circles, yeah. Pixel circles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's fine. Like that's the thing is, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Do you find yourself switching around from IO game to IO game while you're playing, while you're editing? Yeah. Or? Usually, it depends in the moment, and like a lot of the times, it depends like how intense something is. Something like yeah. Slither or Agario, there are times when you're like, oh, I'm doing really good in the game. I don't want to switch off the game. Mm-hmm. And for like an easy edit, that's fine. Uh, for something like in my office, like that's pretty much always fine because like I'm, you know, I'll just pick up the call in a second. It's I can give it one more second because um, mm-hmm. it's they're they're still easy to walk away from because building yourself back up to that level is not hard. Mm-hmm. War in space is also pretty easy to abandon, but like there are other Buck Wild IO games that are more fully realized. 2d mmos that mm. like there's a fantasy one where you can like level up and get all sorts of crazy equipment and oh, whatnot wow. and there are some that really scratch different itches but generally speaking there might be two or three that'll cycle through in a day usually the only time when i'm heavily invested in an io game is when i first discovered it and i'm sort of learning how it works and adjusting to the way it flows cool it's very interesting I didn't know there was like a whole I knew I knew browser games existed and I've played a few yeah. in my day but nothing like recently to Yeah be no it's been years it, I I was there on the cusp of new grounds and all of the resulting websites and I played a lot of those games I was addicted for majority of junior high and high school and college I mean it puts me back to the golden age of Neopets yeah yeah to be honest that's where i'm thinking with this because there's a whole game section of the site you can get on neopets and just play all the flash games because there's so many flash games and neopets is like i I think a really good example of what that world is like newgrounds is still around but it is not what it was in its heyday in its heyday it you were getting 
dozens of new games uploaded every day and oh, there were yeah. so many people being shepherds of that content what? like going these are the best ones these are the ones that you need to check out yeah. uh, with their rating system and whatnot mm-hmm. and you know it's different these days and video game design culture has evolved a lot a lot but io games are like one of those things that makes me go oh this culture is still vibrant and really accessible and fun and cool and i sort of feel that way about a lot of app based games that i see these Mm. days too yeah Yeah. that are not bad yeah (laughs) if Um, it's not like one that is a transparent money pit so like the way this whole thing evolved the time that we're talking about you might be you're probably younger than us a lot of people are younger than us but when it started you have to understand that flash became a thing and there was little to no training at all there were people who knew how to program Mm -hmm. html Mm -hmm. and eventually css which is now dead but This was the beginning. This is where, you know, the people who made those games were who defined what online gaming and a lot of games look like now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there they, they define what the training. internet is. Yeah. Really. Cause like yeah. flash, flash was also animation Yeah, before yep. there was YouTube. There, there were was sites Homestar like, Runner. yeah, new grounds and like, Oh my Homestar God. Runner. It's like, and all, Black all that sheep. silly hot garbage end of world. You're the man and, now dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like all the, the GI Joe parodies. Fuck. Those are so good. Mm hmm. Just oh my god! I was thinking about that the other day because there are there's a whole bracket in our age group that still actively quotes. But I'm tired. I'm tired. All right, heaven, heaven. Then (laughs) vibes And there are people who don't know where they came from. Fucking kangaroos. That's that's something people say still. Young kidlins. But and then Homestar Runner made a comeback, and that was weird. And um, I didn't really keep up with. I didn't either. Um, Uh, Really good. Still really good. It's still really good. And like, yeah, the the people who made Homestar Runner, you know, they're making cartoons that we enjoy today. Like, yeah, uh, one of them uh, was on Gravity Falls. That's right. Oh, Uh, dang. That's right. They are still like out there kicking and and doing really cool things. And Potter Puppet Pals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Cicerega twins. Yeah. They're both doing all kinds of comics and animation right now. They're huge in the industry. Yeah. yeah. And like, so where I saw the animation stars like really sort of go places, mm-hmm. I was, you know, watching like, oh, it's kind of sad that the internet has has lost this design culture. And, you know, thankfully there are all sorts of great game design cultures everywhere. But in IO games, I have sort of found something of what I felt was the old spirit of those Flash games. Mm, um, that's cool. It's like a cool variety. And also they have this new tool, this massively multiplayer element, which never really came together. Like there were a couple yeah. game experiences. Like I remember way back when Cartoon Network had a massively multiplayer snowball fight game. Oh my um, God, I remember yep. that. And it never really panned out because like we we're still working a dial up internet yeah. and stuff like that. I think I played that for like all of a week. Mm-hmm. And then gave yeah, up because it was kind familiar. of a pain in the ass. Yeah. Cool idea. Didn't really pan out. But like now you yeah. can. Mm-hmm. And they've sort of revisited these old game concepts like the big fish game concept. Being the biggest fish was a game itself like old fish simulator or something like that where you were a fish eating smaller fish and whatnot. But it was all the other fish were computerized. And they just took that and like, okay, now it's a multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for Agario itself, they have a team version of it where mm. oh, really? you have team oh, colors cool. and like it's a really cool team gaming experience. So it's this just new thing that we have in this multiplayer element that actually works. These designers are playing with and they're revisiting like old game designs that, you know, really aren't 
relevant as a thing you know beyond maybe uh some mini games that you might see in a larger video game like you know it's there now and it's bigger and it's more interesting it's just something really cool and i don't get to talk about it a lot because browser games are such a private gaming experience. I was going to say, yeah. The browser games that come to mind for me are all things that you just have a one-player thing and you play it for 10 yeah. minutes and then you're done. Mm-hmm. I haven't really been into browser games since long time. The other one that comes to mind, other than Neopets, is Robot Unicorn Attack. When oh, yeah. Out. Oh, yeah. And it was like... Well, now, now it's an app. Now, now it's, it's an huge. app. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Pretty much all the I.O. games that I've played are also apps. Mm-hmm. I just much prefer the the keyboard and mouse experience than mm. the touch experience. It depends on how it's designed, really. Some of them are really designed for finger pads like on smartphones these days. Some of them are just better on a computer. Yeah. There are a lot of applications I've downloaded purely for ease of use to have on my phone and accessible, but honestly, the best way to use them is on a computer. Yeah, and like I, I think that is very much a, a taste thing because I know that IO games are popular amongst a lot of younger kids and these are things that they can pick up for free in an app store in an app marketplace uh, on phones and tablets where a lot of kids find gaming experiences that way um, Mm -hmm. because you know these are devices that hold a lot of battery power and there are just as much as I think a lot of older folks criticize children for screen time these Mm, days like there are a lot of periods in children's lives where they're just expected to idle while adults do things. And so yeah. like, I, I kind of think that it's great that we have these platforms, these gaming platforms for kids. That's a really good point. And I think probably someone who's in a younger demographic who also plays Agario who, or who also plays Slither would play on an app and a tablet and have a better experience than they would with a keyboard and mouse. And it's really... I grew up with keyboards and mouse being mm. like the big thing that you play with and touch screens are so much more prominent with kids. Yeah, so. absolutely. I know my nephews fight over the iPad constantly. I've- yeah. Drew's nephew, who's like six, is the same way. He can't do anything without his iPad <laughs> in his hands. You know what I mean? Like, I think you said there's moments where that's not necessary, but there are so many moments in a small child's life when they're expected to just be there. And be okay with not having something in front of them to do. Yeah, right. Like when you think of like what office work is going to be in the future, I mean, with a lot of jobs probably being uh, taken over by robots and, and AI, mm. you know, kids are going to grow up to a future where working at a screen is like going to be the job that you do. It's all there is. It's like that's actually kind of an important necessary skill for them to pick up. And maybe because it's different than you, you, you should probably just not complain adults yeah Yeah. maybe don't complain so much there's a certain level of being capable of looking away from a screen and being a functional person outside of it absolutely Mm -hmm. but it's just the way life is evolving right now yeah yeah Yeah. this is where we're going that's where we are i've just got my fingers crossed that we don't end up like the people on that ship in wally i mean i think (laughs) i think cupcake i think some of us are on that page where we're like okay but as long as we don't do that we're gonna be okay yeah but like you know there's all the doom and gloom people who are like ah we're all gonna lose our bones and be these fat blobs of screen staring not if we work really hard to not do that exactly the game i was thinking of is called a dark room I don't know if you've played that game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually a text game. I grew up on the text games of Infocom. I mean, they came out before I was born, but my dad had this bundle 
in yeah, the early like days of computers. Like Dungeon Quest and Zork, mm. um, yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide. That one about the Dungeons circus. Ballyhoo. Ballyhoo yeah. is the one about the circus. I love those games. I love text-based games. Um, and now that we have the internet, we have access to all this stuff. Many of those have been transplanted onto the internet, so you can play Zork online, which I love. I love yeah. going back to that. Every so often, I'll get a hankering to go play Zork, and I'll go and I'll dive in. Yeah, I um, got what is I think it's like the internet archive has taken a lot of those older games, like. Oregon Trail is one that I, that I get on like Hell uh, gosh. those like yes. really oh, small man. old text-based video games that were mm-hmm. run in DOS. Mm-hmm. You can actually play those in your browser. Yep, um, which is fantastic. And they've preserved so many of them. I wish I had invested in figuring out how some of them work more because they have like some of the old Dungeons and Dragons games, like some of the first Dungeons and Dragons video games oh, put man. on there. Some of the first Shadowrun games are on there. Uh, mm. it's, it's pretty buck wild. I really uh, recommend that people like check out uh, these kinds of games because they're a lot of fun. A dark room is really fun. It's in browser. It's a text game. You start off in a dark room and you have one option, which is to light the fire and you click the button. And then every couple of seconds, the button reloads and you can click it again to keep stoking the fire, mm-hmm. to keep the fire going. Oh, Basically, like you, other options will come into play the longer you play so that you can either like someone will come and ask for shelter and you can either give them shelter by your fire or you can tell them to get out and different things happen based on what you choose. And then time goes on and you have to leave to go hunt or like gather supplies. But as long as your fire doesn't go out, things are going to be okay. But you know, it's like, it's it's like, so So it gets more stressful. It's a little spooky. Yeah. It gets more stressful. The the more you play, what happens if your fire goes out? Dude, I got, I went down that rabbit hole once when I was two jobs ago, two day jobs ago, (laughs) I got down this rabbit hole and, I don't remember, to be honest, because it was so stressful. So <laughs> check that out, A Dark Room. Cool. If you play it, let me know what happens if you let your fire go out. Because Mel doesn't want to play it herself. No. You're the worst. Yeah, I know. So let's go play some browser games. Yeah, let's do it. And we'll link up some of our favorites. <gasps> yeah, in the in, show notes. In the show notes. Absolutely. It's great to check out. I hope you enjoyed this, and I hope you take a few minutes away from your busy lives to play a browser game fun distraction and just zone out yeah let it go yeah thank you james for sharing that with us thanks guys for having me this is a lot of fun thank you for joining us yeah we hope you got a little bit hype about this or maybe it triggered some interesting ideas for things that you are hype about that you'd like to hype at us yeah please do tweet at us we are at get hype pod or email us at get hype pod at gmail.com we've got a whole list of people that we'd love to get as guests but we also want to know what you want to hear thanks for listening and stay hype stay hype guys <laughs>